this one's gonna be a party dad as you know because it's episode 14 which uh as we uh, carry on our tradition of naming our episodes this one's episode clint boyer so uh are you ready for it yeah what wwcd what would clint do right well you know it's funny that you say that because uh <laughs> last week on the episode i mentioned i said dad in, in honor of episode clint boyer i'm gonna drink a beer during this week's episode and uh, I didn't uh, predict or foresee us shooting this week's episode on a Wednesday at 2 p.m. Uh, so, um, but what would Clint Boyer do? Yeah, he would I drink mean, a beer, right? Yeah, and yeah. I know he drove a Bush, a Bush paint scheme earlier this season in Atlanta. We're not a Bush household, we're a Miller Lite household. So I just feel like what hey, would Clint do? Are you old do? enough for that? Are you, are you old enough to drink that girl? What will Clint do? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There, there you go. There you go. And Clint, Clint, Clint was sort of, sort of has follows the, uh, the. Uh, no matter what's going on, how tough things are, how good things are. Uh, the one of the reasons I think fans love Clint Boyer so much is he has the Fido philosophy: you know, forget it and drive on. Uh, F I D O. Yep. So, uh, and he grabs a beer and says, "Okay, Fido, we'll we'll just we'll, we'll <laughs> live, live to play tomorrow." Uh, yeah, exactly. So, if episode fourteen, what would Clint do? I know what Clint would be doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's how we will carry on in the spirit of this episode, in the spirit of Clint Boyer, and I will drink this beer. I'm slightly allergic to alcohol, so if I get really stuffy, I didn't think this one through. If I'm sneezing my way through the end of this episode, we'll know what yeah. that's about. But I know that my husband would be very disappointed if I waste this beer. So yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He, he's never wasted one. Yeah. And uh, and what about um, and 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 I think maybe um, that's probably Diet Coke in there anyway. Hopefully. You're right. It's just yeah. like the Coca-Cola bottles at the track. It's <laughs> yeah. Coca-Cola, yeah. It's exactly, not water. Exactly. <laughs> it's not water, but yeah. So as I mentioned, episode 14 is going to be an awesome one. Going to be a little bit of a party, at least I hope so. Uh, we have a lot to chat about. We had um, a great weekend of racing at uh, New Hampshire. I want to talk about the ARCA Series weekend because they had a doubleheader at Toledo over the weekend. So we'll chat all about that. We'll look into some of the latest NASCAR news because since... Uh, we talked last week, there have been a ton of updates, not only just in uh, team news, but in silly season news and potential for 2021. So a lot to uh, update and discuss there. And then finally, uh, I'm going to look ahead to this weekend and coming along with this weekend, we have an awesome story that I am so excited to have you tell because I've heard bits and pieces of this story, but uh, in honor of Roll and Rewind, I wanted to go ahead and wait and let you tell me the full thing here on the podcast. So in a little bit, we're going to roll and rewind to the 1991 race, Cup Series race at Michigan. Talk a little bit about that. So full episode, Dad, cheers. And yeah. uh, I guess we'll get into the uh, ARCA Series at Toledo. Yeah, yeah. ARCA and ARCA. I'm not used to drinking on the job. This is a little yeah. weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. ARCA doubleheader. What was that? You should be in Congress. <laughs> <laughs> hey, politics. Yeah, okay, politics. Uh, <laughs> Toledo. Uh, before we get into this, I, I took some notes um, because I, I realized for as much as I talk about the ARCA series, I haven't done a very good job talking about uh, the entire ARCA series this year. And I want to kind of give anybody that maybe is uh, newly interested in the ARCA series or is just kind of curious about what this is, give them a little bit of an explanation about what you're looking at if you just Google ARCA series, because it can get a little overwhelming. So uh, as we mentioned before, ARCA acquired, NASCAR acquired ARCA, and with that, it kind of joined ARCA and K&N. So you have the ARCA series, but you also have the ARCA East and the ARCA West. So there are multiple series championships within this main series. So uh, 
each week when we talk about ARCA, we talk about, uh, me and my colleagues like to call it Big ARCA, even though it's not any bigger than, than the regional series. It's just um, a, a nationwide series. But um, we're really only talking about that nationwide ARCA series. So I wanted to clarify that. Um, so if you've seen, you know, there's ARCA East or ARCA West winners that are different than what we're talking about, we're only focusing on that on that national ARCA series. So all that to say, uh, getting into this weekend at Toledo, Sam Mayer sweep. Sam Mayer, that's the that's the name you need to know right now in in the ARCA series, especially this week. Uh, here's how it went down. So Friday, he took the lead about halfway th through the race and held it, just carried it on, got that first win uh, of the ARCA season this year, and then um, on Saturday, the rain was an, or the rain came in and unfortunately pushed the race to Sunday. And then on Sunday, Sam took the lead again about halfway through what would have been a 200 lap race, but rain cut that one short to about 127 laps. So a uh, big weekend if you're Sam Mayer and if you're GMS Motorsports, that is, uh, that's a good weekend at Toledo for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Arca's ever had a mayor. I mean, we had, we had, um, you know, Jeff Burton was the mayor in NASCAR's Cup Series, <laughs> um, you know, so I, I, I think that's, that's pretty cool. Arca's got their own mayor now, Sam. Hey, well, and you know what? Sam Mayer could be the next big mayor, the next Mr. <laughs> Burton there coming up, you know? And and I mentioned last week, I want to use this opportunity on this podcast to highlight some of the next up-and-coming talent. So that's why I'm going to take a moment and tell you guys right now why Sam Mayer is your next favorite driver. Because I can promise you this kid is one to watch. Personality aside, he's a great kid. He's only 17 years old. He's from Franklin, Wisconsin. He drives the 21 Chevy for GMS Motorsports. So yes, 17 years old. This season so far, uh, he's well. Right now, this season, he's running all three: Arca, Arca East, and Arca West. He got those two wins, obviously, uh, over the weekend, and then he has uh, one win in the East and one win in the West. So, uh, heck of a season already in 2020. But looking back on it, he was the 2019 KNN East champion, and uh, he won. What was it? He won four races last year, finished yeah. in the top ten in all, but but one race. At and, the age uh, of 16, yeah. At yeah. the age of 16, and that's I want to note if you if you've heard the name mayor prior to this weekend it might have been for his performance at bristol because last year this kid started on the pole he led every single lap and won the race at bristol at the age of 16. i mean that is just phenomenal and went on like i said to become the East champion and he is the youngest champion in nascar history you see i have it right here he was uh 16 years three months and eight days old be exact on those that? numbers yeah that? isn't that crazy which side fun note there uh he edged out todd gilliland who was the previous youngest champion from his 2016 championship by about two months so uh just barely barely beat todd's record there and but you had, um you had todd gilliland on your show last year yeah our show international show uh pace lap and i i happened to be there with his dad and holy cow, he still looks like he's he, he shouldn't be out of high school yet. So uh, <laughs> Todd's so fun. He's a good so, kid. He's been on the show a few he's times. He's a great he's a great kid. And so yeah. is his dad. But I mean, just think about how many how many young stars are coming along. These these kids getting started. And kudos for to Jim France for going ahead and buying the Arca series so they could continue you know breeding these incredible young drivers. And the result is someone like Sam. You know, 
you know, there are so many talented young drivers you probably never get to, to hear about because they don't get an opportunity. And because of ARCA now being owned by NASCAR, you get to hear about this 17-year-old who was a who was a phenom at the age of 16 a year ago. And, you know, as we sit here and, and tell you why you should pay attention to Sam Mayer, let me tell you that when he was only 15 years old, this is really where his career kind of uh, got really started here. At 15 years old, Junior Motorsports put him in one of their late models in the Cars Tour. So... When Junior Motorsports gainers, or when he gainers the attention of Junior Motorsports at the age of 15, I mean, this, as you've said, this is this is young, up and coming talent that NASCAR is actively uh, developing, and I think it's really cool. And uh, big Sam fan, uh, he's a great kid. I've chatted with him a few times. He is absolutely though. 17 years old you know he gets nervous he yeah. uh but gets so excited you know and and what a great team too with gms to be able to help him develop his talent there so um that's your next favorite driver this week sam mayer check him out yeah and his dad scott is a background in indycar open wheel racing that's so, right. so uh, if you've heard the name before you're an open wheel fan i've done indycar for a number of years and done the indy 500 a lot so that may be where you heard the mayor name in the past that's right so Sam Mayer, huge weekend in Toledo, anxious to uh, continue to watch him this season. But uh, on Sunday, we saw some Cup Series action at New Hampshire, and Brad Keselowski not only earned a race win, but he earned himself a little contract extension there uh, on that? Sunday. Huh? Yeah, that was a pre pretty good weekend for Brad K, I'd say. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No. Led the most laps, 184 laps of 301 laps, battling Denny Hamlin there at the end. And I thought it was – that was such a fun race to watch. And oh, you God. know it was a fun race because sometimes as fans we think it's fun to watch, but then when the drivers get out of the car and talk about how fun it is to race, that's when you know that it was a su successful yeah. weekend. I love Denny Hamlin's comments when I got out of the car. But, you know, let me back up a little bit. You know, I've, I've done races many years in New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Uh, it was New Hampshire International Raceway initially, but you know it was known as a one-groove racetrack, hard to pass. Track position is really important. Um, you know, not a lot of passing, not a lot of excitement in the past. Maybe a groove and a half. Uh, they put the PJ one down, and then let me just say, put the PJ one down in exactly the, the exact spots they need to have it in there. So it, the groove widened out. Uh, Goodyear tires. They did a phenomenal job, but we always point the finger at Goodyear when there's something happens with the tires, but we don't ever pat them on the back. Great job, Goodyear, because they had give up on these left side tires. In the years past, you could go run at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, run the whole race on like two left side tire changes, and that's it. Not anymore. You, the tires give up, you, and so that, that add, adds in the strategy. Um, and then the package, the 750 package that NASCAR's come up with, with a big horse, with lots of horsepower and low downforce, uh, lots of passing. I mean, Great job, NASCAR. They dial it in. So NASCAR with that package, Goodyear with the tires, mm -hmm. and then and then the situation with the PJ1, the track put up there. Um, you know, just it, that combination. They were what twenty over twenty five lead changes in the in the yeah. race. And here's the best part. I couldn't watch it. I was driving back somewhere, so I had the PRN radio broadcast on, and those guys knocked it out. <laughs> of Great job, PRN. Awesome job. You know, um, you know. And the funny part is, is their turn announcers. And the play-by-play -play guys in the booth that were sharing it, they, they were out of breath. And we weren't even in the middle of the second segment yet because there were so many passing. You know, he's on the inside trying to hang tight. There. <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, it, when you hear those radio guys who've seen a lot of races like me over the years, uh, and they're on the chip, oh, lap yeah. after lap after lap, 
that just goes to show you that that it was a great day. And by the way, even though there were only 12 or 13 or 14,000 fans there, they were allowing fans in, you could hear them. You could hear the fans. Oh, yeah. So that's, you could definitely hear them. What a great weekend all the way around for NASCAR. What a huge weekend for Brad Keselowski. Did he want that win or not? I mean, did he oh want – he drove, he drove Denny Hamlin hard. He drove him clean. Hamlin drove him clean. Uh, the back and forth they had. Ryan Blaney was there for a while. But, I mean, that's, that's the old saying, you know, it's like trying to – taking that win from Brad K is like trying to take a pork chop from a bulldog. I mean, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> Brad gets the victory, uh, is excited. I, you know, one of my all-time favorite things to see is Brad's, Brad's American flag celebration where he puts the mm -hmm. American flag in the car, you know, shows his patriotic spirit there. And then, and then this week, uh, Roger Penske rewards him that kind of effort, and why not, uh, with an extension for another year uh, driving for Penske, Penske Racing. So a big, big weekend for, for Brad and for, and for NASCAR with that kind of event at New Hampshire. It really was great short track racing. Every, everything you said, every element combined perfectly to put on the best show. And you made a good point too when you said that they raced each other uh, hard, but uh, I think you might've said respectfully or they raced each other clean. clean. And it really was, it was, it was, it was great competition, you know? And um, to see, two of the best right now this season. You know, we talked last week about how Brad Kay's in it every week there, and Denny Hamlin obviously has proven that he's a top contender. To watch them battle it out in those final laps, and and as I mentioned, Denny came over the radio before the race was even over and said something about how this is this is fun, this is great racing, and, you know, that, I mean, that's how you know, and you're absolutely right. They muscled their way to a win. They absolutely were the, were the best on the long runs. They proved themselves, yeah, Pinsky, Pinsky rewarded him him big time. Yeah, and give a call to Jeremy Bullens. I think last week in Rolling with the Punches, we talked about her. I mentioned the fact that watch out for this Brad K. Jeremy Bullens co combination. And, and and Brad Brad himself was very upfront and honest. Brad's not gonna, you know, uh, he said when they made the crew chief change or they shuffled the crew chiefs, he found out about it when everybody else did. When the media found out about it, there was no no one told him in advance we're gonna do That's this. Tough. And he said, that's how I found out. And Brad was not happy because he loved the relationship he had before. Um, and, but Brad also this weekend mentions that Jeremy Bullins uh, sort of gave me the kick in the pants I needed. He gave me a kick in the pants. It's a, it's a contract year. And when they asked Bullins at the beginning of the year, uh, he said, he said, do you realize you're the new crew chief for Brad Kozlowski? Uh, he was the veteran at Roger Penske uh, for Roger Penske. And it's a contract year you know, what do you, how much pressure is that? He said, we're going to run so well, Roger Pensy's going to have to re-sign him. That was what Bullen said at the beginning of the year. And sure enough, this past weekend, that, uh, that prediction came true. So great job by Jeremy Bullens and, and, you know, and Brad Kay and congratulations on the new extension. Yeah. And that, uh, for a lot of people kind of put another puzzle piece into place when it came to the silly season, uh, picture, and because I know Brad Kay was someone that a lot of people were saying, is he a contender for that 48 car? Well, that takes another contender away, you know, from the 48, but it also locks another seat in at Penske. So um, I don't know, dad, what do you, what do you think about that coming, coming out of the weekend? Well, I think, I think if Rod, my personal opinion, and this is not having talked to Brad, but my personal opinion is after the performance that Brad put on there, how could any car owner not be impressed? not want right. him in your car. 
And Roger Pinsky is a really smart man. You don't, you don't run the kind of companies he runs and be so successful in business and motorsports and life, quite honestly, and everything he touches because of how he approaches it. He's all in and everything. Um, but Roger probably realized that if he doesn't extend Brad K, probably by the end of the week, someone else is going to. And yeah. uh, someone else is going to jump on Brad Kozlowski. So it was time uh, to say, okay, we want you to continue to stay here and be a part of our team. And there's still a lot of things out there, Jess. But, you know, what about the 48? What about the 42? What's going to happen with the 43, uh, the 14? And we can get into all those discussions. Uh, but there's a this is a, it's a big news week in NASCAR. I mean, not only Brad K extending and having the great race up in New Hampshire, but all the other things that have sort of come out of that race. We, we mentioned the 14 car of Clint Boyer. On episode Clint Boyer here, uh, Johnny, Johnny Klausmeyer uh, was suspended for a race. Uh, thank you, Clint. Johnny Klausmeyer was suspended for a race. Uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, that was because uh, my co-host, Jesse, was taking a <laughs> salute. Uh, Channeling the spirit, sorry. It's a swig, swig salute. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, if anybody should get swig points, it should be Clint Boyer. Yeah, uh, right. Anyway, the... Hey, um, come on, Clint. I'll drink with you. Yeah, okay. And, but, but so Johnny Klausmeyer suspended because he had two lug nuts missing uh, right. at the end of the race. Uh, he's suspended for one race, and that means that Greg Zipadelli, who's the team manager, general manager at Stuart Haas Racing, will be on the box. Now, that's not too bad because Greg Zipadelli got a pretty good batting average this year when he had to sub for Chase Briscoe. I think they won two races in a row and almost won a third or something, so he's batting, yeah. he's batting almost 700. Um and, but here, think, think about how this works. It's a doubleheader weekend at Michigan. So Johnny Klossmeyer is suspended for one race. Now, how this works is on Saturday, when that cup, first cup race is over, as soon as the last car in post-race is inspected and they've been finished all the inspection, Johnny Klossmeyer can come walking back in the garage and start preparing the car for the next day. So his suspension will be over Saturday after post-race inspection. Mm-hmm. He can come walking back in start doing all the things he wants to and get the car set up for the next race on Sunday. So that works out okay for the, for a doubleheader weekend. But, uh, but Clinton, those guys have got to get it together. Um, you know, it's, and obviously they, the 14 car finished 18th. I mean, here's the thing. I don't, I don't understand. Clint Boyer is, does so much. He's such a, such a, uh, a talented driver, but he's there in stage one. He's there in stage two. He's a factor running up front. And in stage three, we see him fade a little bit. And he ends up looking around and he finishes 18th. I don't really understand that, Jess. And I think that with so much up in the air about what's going to happen with Chase Briscoe, uh, the, the Stuart Haas Racing put Briscoe in the, in the 14. If that ha- happens, where does Clint Boyer go? Clint Boyer needs to, needs to get a win. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, I think he's comfortably going to be comfortably in the playoffs right now. Uh, but he needs to be a factor, you know, in that third segment, that third stage, I should say, uh, maybe this, maybe this is the weekend uh, that uh, it'd be a good weekend to get it done at Michigan. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, speaking of, of big crew chief changes and announcements, you know, coming into this weekend, the 14 team isn't the only team that's going to be having a different guy calling the shots on top of the box there. Uh, Chip Ganassi Racing announced this week that Phil Surgeon will be calling the shots for Matt Kenseth and the 42 team, replacing Chad Johnson uh, heading into this weekend's doubleheader at Michigan. So uh, a little background on uh, Phil. He's been with the 42 team since 2016, and uh, most recently he's been working uh, with the team as a race engineer. So um, this is a big change with just six races left in the regular season. 
See, where I come from uh, in the emergency room, when things start crashing and getting really bad, you have to call in a surgeon. <laughs> so that's what's happened with the 42 car. You know, Matt. You were on it with the name puns today, Dad. Yeah, exactly. you know, Matt, You're very name punny today. <laughs> no, it's working. Yeah. It's working. <laughs> that might be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, Matt Kenseth is one of the nicest uh, guys you'd ever want to be around. He takes great care of his equipment car. He's not known for crashing cars. He's not known for spinning out. At uh, the third time he spun out and brought the caution out, Matt's probably thinking several things. Number one, I'm embarrassed. I'm an NASCAR champion. This doesn't happen to me. I, I've got pretty good car control, and this car is out of control. Can't be, uh, can't be driven, and, we, and they've tried twice to fix it, and it's not gotten any better. Number two, all these cautions are impacting the outcome of this race. And I've been in championship runs before, and I don't want to be that guy that changes who's going to win and lose uh, by sp keep spinning out and, and creating a, a yellow flag because these other crews up and down pit road can't, they can't set up their strategy and with, and expecting to be able to run this far on fuel and tires and suddenly here's the 42 car spinning again. So when Chad Johnston, who was also a friend of mine, I, I think the one with Chad, I've known him back since he was, you know, Tony Stewart's uh, guy years ago and a good, good guy, good crew chief. Anyway, Chad, so bring it back to pit road and work on it, which is what you think they would do. And Matt says, you know, I'm just going to go to the garage area. And now when you go to the garage area, uh, after a spin while you're done. So they go in there, they have some words and discussion. And then a very brief announcement from Chip Ganassi saying that Phil Surgeon, uh, as of this week, is the crew chief. They didn't mention Chad. So that's not good when they don't mention the, the old crew chief. Maybe, I'm not sure what his status is. You know, ordinarily, they would have said he's moving over to be a director right. or in charge of that, mm -hmm. but it didn't mention that. So maybe they will later, but yeah, big change there. Uh, and you know, and everyone's surprised that the 42, those Ganassi cars should be running better. And you're wondering why, I mean, when, you know, here's Matt Kenseth who has been, been retired for a year and a half, gets out of, comes out of retirement, finishes in the top 10, his first time in the car with no testing, no practice, no qualifying, nothing, um, getting in at Darlington of all places. And then he finishes second and runner-up finish at the Brickyard. You think, hey, they're, they're really going to get in it in the last four weeks. They can't, uh, they can't find their backside with a funnel. I mean, they just literally can't get it done. Uh, and so, and then, then suddenly you see the crew chief change. So we'll see what happens at, at Michigan and with, with that 42 car. And what's going to happen with it down the road? I mean, if you're Chip Ganassi, what do you do? There's rumblings that Bubba Wallace has been, been, been they've talked to and, you know, what's going to, and Bubba's also been offered part ownership of the 43 car. By yeah, Andrew. that was big announcement yeah, this week. Stay here. If you'll resign, you know, we'll get, you know, with 43 car, um, there's big sponsors supposedly interested in Bubba McDonald's and others are looking at it. So if you've got sponsors that want to sign with you as a driver, you can pretty much name your own tune. Uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, but what happens to the 42, you know, and uh, it, that's going to be very interesting moving forward. It is going to be really interesting. And you make a really good point when you talk about Kenseth's uh, frustration during the race. I hadn't even thought about that. You know, obviously there's the frustration that comes with uh, the the upward struggle of, of constantly spinning out. But, you know, I, I hadn't even thought about his awareness of how he's affecting uh, the race and the outcome and a, and a championship run at that. So that's a really good point. And that's because he is someone that is so experienced and so knowledgeable uh, of the sport. So I, yeah. And, you know, I wrote down too, I, I, in my notes, I said, is this a 2021 move? You know, I think that to me, that was just kind of my own note. How much of this is, is uh, Chip Ganassi Racy looking ahead and saying, all right, we're, we already have some plans for what we're doing next year we're going to start making our moves now, you know, um, I don't know. 
I would love to know what's going on over there, but um, we're gonna have to wait and see. And let, let's let's talk just a second about uh, about we had the good news out of New Hampshire. How about some of the bad news out of New Hampshire? How about the fact that Kyle Busch, you know, made it 16 laps? And, yeah. and how, how, I mean, this is Adam Stevens is a phenomenal crew chief. I was around yeah. Adam for a long time. They they won the championship a year. This is a championship team. Kyle Busch is arguably the most talented driver to come along in this sport um, in the last decade in terms of just overall skill and talent, and they haven't won. In fact, if you go back, it's been 13 months since he's won a cup race. And their only win in the last 13 months was the finale at Homestead, which got him a championship. So uh, what do you do there? What, what, how do you change that up? I mean, Adam Stevens is there. Um, you got, you got four teams at Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, you know, you got, you know, two of them are winning, or, or you know, I should say, you know, Martin Truex Jr. has won one race at Martinsville. Denny Ham was knocking it out of the park. He's got five wins there, he and Chris Gabehart. Um, but what about Chris Gale and Eric, you know, you know, and, and Jones? And then what about Kyle Busch, you know, and Adam Stevens? Those two teams haven't won. Uh, so how does that happen? How does one side of the organization win and the other side struggle mightily? Uh, you know, and, and then, you know, in Eric Jones's situation, there's lots of speculations if, if he doesn't win or doesn't, you know, be a factor and, you know, to make the playoffs, does he, is he even there next year? Yeah. You know, because there's, you know, uh, the Christopher Bell situation you know, we need to talk about here in a minute, but you know, there, you know, it's hard to believe, you know, uh, and, and you look at, you look at just like we talked about Stuart Haas racing. I mean, Clint Boyer, you know, trying to hang on to his ride, Probably needs to win. You got the rookie Cole Custer, who's won over there. Of course, Kevin Harvick again. He's won four races this year. Right. Uh, and you know, and and you know, and and Eric Almarola has had I think nine top ten finishes in the last ten races. So he's right there every week. I mean, he's chomping at the bit. Eric Almarola yeah. is is a factor. So he's going to win. But what Absolutely. about Clint Boyer? I mean, so he got all these guys that are winning. That's what that's what sets that's what makes it makes it obvious. And so. Uh, gosh, I mean, you, uh, that adds to the silly season uh, concern and focus. Yeah, well, and I think, you know, and, and we chatted a little bit about this before we, you know, started recording, Dad. I think so much of this at the end of the day, if you're a team owner, so many of the scenarios that we're looking at right now, as of this week, everything could change next week. But so much of what we're looking at is, do you, uh, do you prefer, you know, experience? or potential, you know, and, and the ability to build. That's what a lot of what we're looking at right now is, you know, this guy has, has the experience, uh, but, but you've got some potential here in, in your back pocket that you can build. Um, and where, as a team, where do you want to lean? And I think that that's, um, we're going to see a lot of teams having to make that decision with so much up and coming talent in the next couple seasons. Well, let me ask you, if you're Joe Gibbs Racing, if you're Toyota, uh, and you have to choose between Eric Jones, who's, who's won at Daytona. He's won the Southern 500, which is hard to do. It just shows talent there. Uh, he's with Chris Gale, great crew chief. Do you choose him? Uh, or what do you do, you know, with Christopher Bell? I already Bell? hate this question. I already hate this question. How do you let Christopher Bell go? How does yeah. Toyota let Christopher Bell go? I mean, years ago, there were people who looked at Ford and said, how did you let Jeff Gordon go to Chevy? How did that happen? You had him and you didn't want to put the money there and you let him go. And then guess what happened? You know, he had a pretty good career four championships later. <laughs> so um, that's a tough one. I mean, what do you do? And, that is uh, really tough. And, and it's, you know, and the question is, now someone said, I heard someone say that earlier today, 
uh, our buddy Larry McReynolds again said, you know what? Hey, remember now, if we still have no, no qualifying and no practice and you got a young driver who doesn't, you know, and Christopher Bell's run, I think 20, he has 20 cup starts. Mm-hmm. You know, is it fair to put him in a car and expect him to perform when he has, doesn't get practice? He doesn't get to go there and as a rookie and develop. Um, maybe the same thing said about Chase Briscoe or, you know, or Austin Sendrick, some of these guys that are really good in the Xfinity series. Is it fair to put them in a cup car and throw them in the deep end of the pool because they don't get practice? Or does NASCAR say, okay, these, these young guys are coming along. We got to do something for rookies. We got to have one practice session add 10 more minutes for rookies only, give the rookies an extra set of tires, something to help develop mm-hmm. this level of driver. Uh, but if you're a car owner, you know, at what point do you say, hmm, gosh, you know, Eric Jones has won races for me. Uh, the folks at Toyota love him. Joe Gibbs has put his arm around this kid at the end of last year to show how much he cares about him. Of course, that's typical of Joe Gibbs. Um, mm-hmm. But then Christopher Bell, my goodness, you let, let him go somewhere someone's going to gobble him up because there are some cars that are going to be open next year and some other cars that may be developing with, with, uh, you know, uh, so that'll be interesting to see, to see if, uh, you know, if they, if people get charters and have open seats, what happens? Well, that's the thing. I mean, we're sitting here and we're talking all about Christopher Bell, but we haven't even mentioned that this week, his team, Levine yep. family racing, Bob Levine announced that he has sold the race, the, the charter for the race team. So uh, we don't, we really don't know what, Bell's future holds, especially after this week. There was rumors we chatted last week about the potential for that 95 car to be up in the right. air, but um, it's it's official. It has been sold. Now, uh, Bob didn't announce who they sold it to. Actually, it was LFR team president uh, Jeremy Lang didn't, didn't announce at the press conference who they sold the team to, but um, he said, you know, it's their news. We'll let them announce it, uh, which to me makes it seem like it's somebody that we kind of already know or, you yeah. know, it's going yeah. to be a great announcement uh, in the next coming months, but um, that really just puts a big old question mark on, on, on Christopher Bell. And that's tough. At least we know now where to look and, and, and people know now what the potential is there. Well, we also need to mention that he sell, he sold the charter. The charter is what's valuable there. And, and right. they, they have a, they have a, a, a relationship and agreement with Joe Gibbs racing, uh, Bob Levine ra- family racing does. And so um, by selling this, uh, the race cars and the engines and all the equipment associated with the chassis, that all goes back to JGR mm-hmm. because that all came from JGR. So they're not selling right. all that technology to somebody else. Uh, the shop and the equipment and the charter, which guarantees you uh, a starting spot in every race, which is so valuable. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's even more valuable when you have more cars, but uh, that's what's being sold. Um, and, and, Le- and Levine said, look, you know, I've loved being here. Uh, I love being a part of the series and sport. Um, we're going to finish out the season. We're not going away this week. We're going to finish the year, which is great of him to do that, uh, which gives his people, his guys, his crew members, his, his team, his crew chief, car chief guys, a chance to, to find a job, um, mm-hmm. another job. So uh, they're going to finish out the season, uh, but also really good for Christopher Bell to sort of get an idea of where he's going to go and what he's going to do. So the good news is they're going to finish the year. The better news is that he's not closing the shop. He's selling the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the charter. So it's not a team going away. It's just being transferred to someone else who wants to be in NASCAR, maybe an existing team. And of course there's speculation, Jesse, that that is Spire Motorsports. Uh, the, the hot speculation is they're going to buy the charter and run uh, two cars next year. And, uh, and then, then people are also adding to that speculation that maybe <laughs> one of the drivers in that second car next year, full-time in cup, might be the young man that you know that That's one right. pulled off the huge upset in Daytona last July. 
Well, I can see where that, you know, speculation is coming home. Justin Haley is obviously yep. who you are talking about. And uh, again, it goes back to the discussion we're having before in, in, in moving up too soon, moving up talent too early, especially in the nature that we're the, that we're living in right now with no practice and no qualifying. And when you, you know, compare uh, teams here and you compare the success and the growth and the potential there with colleague, I think there's a, there's a lot of discussion there that could come as to whether or not Justin well, Haley should, and let should me, be let that me, guy. Let me extend this beyond NASCAR for just a moment to other sports that I'm involved with, like college football and college basketball. With what's happening with uh, these teams not having preseasons in the NFL – and the NBA having to play in a bubble. Uh, there are lots of young players, college players, uh, in basketball, football and basketball who are opting not to move on, opting to stay in school another year because mm -hmm. you only get one chance at a first impression. If you're going to go somewhere to an NFL team, for example, and you don't get camp, you don't get training camp to really be able to show your skills, you don't get preseason games to get on the field and showcase the owners and people what you can do, then you may or may not get a fair shot. You may not – You may your one shot at making it in the NFL may be gone. Same way uh, this past week the, the, the talented uh, kid from France, Yves Pons uh, for, for Tennessee, uh, great rebounder. Uh, he, they said he would be uh, – you know, he would go in the NBA draft. He opted to stay put because he realizes he's got another year. He can have a great year where he is. And, and when it's time to go, when he can go and develop himself – with the whole process, that's when he moves. So now, take it at the NASCAR, do these young Xfinity drivers who are successful running up front, uh, winning races, are factor every week, do they go somewhere into a cup car where you disappear? Do you don't get a chance to develop? Um, and maybe you don't get practice, you don't get qualifying, uh, and suddenly you go there and you, and you run so-so, but so-so in a cup car isn't good enough when there's so many hungry young drivers right behind you waiting for that ride. So uh, be careful what you ask for and be careful how quickly that you make that move. Yeah. I mean, I think we can all think of drivers, COVID uh, changes and adaptations aside, we can all think of drivers that maybe in our opinions were moved up a little too soon from yep. the Xfinity series to the cup series. And ultimately, you know, in the long run that uh, hurt their career. And uh, so I think, you know, in addition to all of the restrictions and adaptations we're dealing with right now, that's a big, that's a big choice for someone like Justin Haley. And, and a lot of these guys that we've just talked about moving potentially up from the Xfinity series to the cup series. So man, silly season is just truly yeah. just beating me up this year. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but it's fun, you know, and, and now with Brad Kay staying put, um, and I think it's really going to get interesting. And I think um, if, if you're – I think the next few weeks are going to get a little wilder than people realize because uh, before the playoffs begin, uh, once the playoffs begin, you know, I think some of these guys, if you're Eric Jones, you need to know, am I, am I going to be here next year mm -hmm. or am I not? If not, I'm going to go somewhere. Now, the 43 car, Andrew Merson, who, who co-owns it with Richard Petty, said he's been contacted by some big-time name drivers – to come drive that car next year. And what, who is that? Who could that be? Uh, you know, uh, that people that maybe, maybe already think they're out of a ride and are calling him to say, Hey, put me in that car. Let's show them something. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see, but you got it. They're going to need to know sooner than later, you know, and also by the way, Kyle Larson is still sitting out there waiting to come back and you know, the potential he has, and you got to believe when he comes back and, and gets in a stock car, he's going to be so hungry with all that talent and skill and ability and focus look out. I think he'll come back and be very successful. Oh, I have to agree. It's just really a matter of 
of when and where yeah, yeah. He, will, he will come back to but yeah and and you make a great point too and i want to know before we start you know going into talking about the weekend ahead because we have a double header this weekend after this weekend there will only be four regular season races until the start of the playoffs that really puts it into perspective when we talk about drivers needing decisions and also when we talk about drivers like kyle bush needing wins uh it is qu- quickly winding down here uh, to the playoffs. So looking ahead to this weekend at Michigan, doubleheader. Dad, I mentioned that I uh, was very excited to hear a story of yours. Uh, The 1991 Champion Spark Plug 400. Now, uh, (laughs) people are like, what? Where where are you going with this, you know? But um, that was a big day. And you were in in the pits for that and then in in victory lane at the end. And uh, t- tell me, tell me a little bit about that day. I hear it was a, it was a bit of an emotional one for a broadcast. Very emotional day. And I think that's probably the first time I actually had tears in my eyes is I'm interviewing someone in victory lane. Um, and let me say, I grew, I grew up in Newton, North Carolina. Newton Conover was a high school, uh, the same high school that my colleagues, Andy Petrie and Dale Jarrett went to. Uh, I was there first, then Dale, then Andy. Uh, and um, in terms of age, uh, but Ned Jarrett, you know, in, in Newton and Conover, he was sort of like my second dad. And he took me to races when I was a kid, uh, gave me a chance to be a radio announcer, do qualifying on local WFMX radio out of Statesville. We were the only ones doing qualifying back then for cup cars. Got me on the radio with a motor racing network. And um, and he was so good to me. So Dale was sort of like, like a younger brother. And when Ned and Dale, uh, when Ned wanted to start a race team for Dale, uh, back then when the Bush series started up 1982, I'm just getting out of medical school and I got nothing but debt, no money, uh, no credit cards, <laughs> but a lot of debt from medical school, uh, you know, and getting ready to start my residency. And Ned comes to me and says, Hey, how about you? You've always loved racing. You and I've been doing this for a long time. And now you're, now you're a medical doctor. How about you being a, a team owner, a car owner? And I said, Ned, I don't have a dime. I, you know, he said, well, near your medical doctor, you can borrow money. And I said, well, I guess I can. And I already owe, I already owe quite a bit. So make a long story short, I borrowed a little bit of money, invested, and Ned Jarrett and myself and Dale Jarrett and uh, Andy Petrie became the, the, the owners of, uh, of, of, of DAJ Racing, which was actually Dale, Andy, and Jimmy. Jimmy Newsom was the third owner there. Uh, and so uh, it was a Bush team. Uh, so because of my relationship with Ned and, and DJ, well, we got to be great friends. In fact, DJ was a groomsman at my wedding, along with Eli Gold, by the way. Uh, anyway, so we're at, we're at, we're at Michigan. And Dale Jarrett's driving for the Wood Brothers, a uh, team that I love, Leonard and Glenn Wood and Lynn and Eddie Wood. Uh, don't find better people than that. Mm-hmm. And Ned is in the booth to call the race as an analyst for ESPN. I'm the pit reporter. And coming out of turn four in the final lap of that race, somehow, somehow Dale Jarrett driving the 21 car for the Wood Brothers is running door to door, side by side with Davey Allison and Robert Yates racing. Now, Robert Yates builds an engine that is so much horsepower i think it barks when it's sitting quietly in a truck somewhere <laughs> i mean so he has to outrun out, out drag race a robert yates engine out of turn four and he does it by inches to beat davy allison and get his first win ned jarrett i can hear ned breathing so hard upstairs upstairs as he calls a race bob jenkins the play-by-play guy uh you know one of the best ever uh, backs off and says, Ned, it's your son. You make the call. And Ned makes the call. And Dale wins his first race in the 1991 Champion Spark Plug 400. I'm in victory lane. You know, I've got water dripping out of my eyes, my nose. I'm so <laughs> emotional. I'm so excited for DJ. And I've got to be, you know, I've got to be 
you know, Switzerland here. I got to be neutral, uh, but I'm, I'm emotional. He looks right in the camera and thanks his family and his wife, Kelly's back home. None of his family was there because no one expected him to be able to get that win. And, uh, uh, but, and he had been running, running in the late model ranks and running in the Bush series, just trying to get a chance to get the cup. And he got there, he got a couple of cup rides, which weren't great rides. Uh, but then he got the Wood Brothers opportunity, which was huge. And as DJ said, I think he was a 12 year overnight sensation. Um, uh, it was overnight sensation. That's awesome. Years. So, but anyway, he, he wins a race. Awesome. I'm in tears. Ned's in tears upstairs. DJ is trying to hold back the tear. Delger is trying to hold back the tears as he looks right in the camera and says, Kelly, we did it. Talking to his wife and kids at home. Uh, so it's pretty, pretty special when you can share that kind of memory. And uh, Michigan, I always love that track. And, you know, that, that finish along with the, the one, two finish between Dale Earnhardt senior and Dale Earnhardt junior in the IROC race, uh, where they both shared victory lane together that I was doing there for IROC are probably two of the great, great moments up there. And to show you what kind of guy Davey Allison was, Davey was one of the first people to victory lane and congratulate Dale Jarrett, as was Robert Yates and Doug Yates. I mean, what quality people they were in a 28. And you think about it, he has to beat that 28 car to get that win. And yet he would be in that 28 car years later and win a NASCAR championship in 1999. And the bulk of his 32 career cup wins would come in that 28 car. So how about that for where it all started? Wow, the irony in that story. And uh, I just can't even imagine. I can't imagine being being Ned in the booth. I, I mean, yeah. oh, I, I have to go back. I wonder if I can find that call because uh, I bet that's a great one. And, and honestly, just it's like you said, too, it's the culmination of hard work and seeing all of that come together and finally, you know, just pay off in victory lane. And how do you not get emotional, you know? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, and, and the people were, um, you know, if you're a second generation driver, your dad's a two time NASCAR champion and all you want to do is win. And yeah. everyone compares you to your dad. I mean, sort of Kyle Petty, Richard Petty kind of thing. And, you know, and Davey Allison, the Bobby Allison and, and, you know, and it's it's one of those things, you know, here's Dale Jarrett to, to Ned Jarrett. So everyone's trying to think, you know, well, can you be as good as your dad? You know, uh, Larry Pearson to David Pearson. There's all these guys yeah. came along, were so successful, you know, and can they get there? Uh, and so th this was a day that it happened. Um, gosh, and it happened with the Wood Brothers, great people. Leonard Woods standing beside me, I'm doing the interview. Mr. You know, class, the classiest of all uh, in that garage area. So uh, pretty cool. Uh, and then to see Davey Allison come over and the Yates group come over, uh, they just lost the race and they're coming over to congratulate Dale Jarrett and the Wood Brothers. I mean, that's just how, how cool. That just goes to show you there's a lot of character and integrity and, and care about in this sport. What an awesome story. 1991 Cup race at Michigan. Spark plug, champion spark plug 400. So. Yep. This weekend, we have some more action at Michigan. I don't know if we'll see a Wood Brothers uh, car in victory lane. We might. There's two opportunities for it. We got a doubleheader on the cup side. So, um, as I mentioned, only six races left in the regular season before we uh, kick things off with the playoffs. So, and we're heading, not only uh, do we have all that on the line, but we're heading to a track where manufacturer bragging rights are huge. So, we talked a little bit earlier about different manufacturers and, you know, letting drivers go and making moves. Well, if anybody wants to make moves this weekend, uh, or if anyone wants to make moves this season, it's this weekend at Michigan, because that's a big one for uh, bragging rights. So, uh, Ford right now, it kind of has, holds the bragging rights they've won four consecutive cup races at michigan so um 
Will we see another Ford in, in victory lane? Uh, I don't know. Harvick's taken two of the last three races there. So um, I don't know, Dad. There's a lot of potential yeah. on the line this weekend. There's yeah. going to be a lot. Of, I have to believe there's going to be some scrappy racing because of right. uh, everything that's on the line. Yeah, the Motor City. It's called the Motor City because that's where the manufacturers are. And that's where every team that in the car owner will come to you uh, the week of the Michigan race and say, boys, we're going to Michigan. You know what that means? Everybody with fill in the blank. Everybody with Chevrolet, <laughs> General Motors is going to be there. Uh, Edsel Ford's going to be there, all the Ford people. And when you win a race at Michigan, um, Edsel Ford's standing there in victory lane with you. That's pretty cool. Doesn't get much better than that. Uh, or, the, or the president of General Motors or their, all the executives are there. Uh, and they want to they wanna be the car that won in the Motor City. Chevrolet oh, yeah. or, or Ford, and you want to make sure that in Toyota wants to come in and spoil the party there because they're not <laughs> a part of that. Um, and so, uh, yeah, a lot of manufacturers pride up there. So big weekend. It's a double header at Michigan. So double header in the Motor City. You know, I wish I'd thought about this, and this is just poor planning on my part, but I had the opportunity last year, last season, um, with, with my job with NASCAR International, we do a series called NASCAR University where we do, uh, it, it's, it's a lot like what you watch, you know, on Fox during rain delays. It's just features and things to teach pe different people about, about moments in NASCAR history. And uh, anytime I get stuck, I go to, to our resident NASCAR historian and just great friend, Ken Martin, uh, oh, because yeah. he always can point you in, in the right direction. So, you know, I got stuck last year, went to Ken and I was like, Ken, I, you gotta help me here. I'm looking for something interesting. I feel like we've done a million of these, you know, videos. What do I do here? And he's like, do you know much about the Motor City 250? And I'm like, well, I, I uh, you know, and, and so he takes me back and, <laughs> and takes me to the very first race ever, ever hosted in in Detroit and uh you know I wish I, I I'll have you know we don't have a ton of time today but maybe maybe another one of these weeks I'll get Ken on here and we'll we'll tag team it and I'll let Ken take the reins and and tell you about it but that was one of the coolest features that I had done because would I have ever done a feature on that or known about it or researched it no but weeks later I'm literally watching you know news broadcasts and and, and old footage and and learning everything I could but they was that race really that uh yeah. helped NASCAR expand nationwide because they knew if they could win over the Motor City and they yep. could win over all the gearheads there, then, then then we might really gain some credibility and some popularity nationwide and especially in the West Coast. And, and that, yep. that was what did it. So um, thanks to Ken. Michigan has, has played a, a major role uh, over the years in, 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 in the history of the sport. And as you said, and Ken Martin, by the way, um, you know, one of my dearest friends, NASCAR is very blessed to have someone like him uh, there because no one has the depth of knowledge that he does. You can't go to a book. You can't go to a dictionary, Wikipedia, nothing. I mean, you walk into Ken Martin's office, he can tell you when it happened, who was there, who, who, were, who the competitors were. And then he and I can sit there and tell you the behind the scenes story uh, on, on the guy that ran third and how he had a garage that was too small to jack the car in. They had to cut a hole in the wall and slide the jack in from outside to jack the car up. Uh, but that was a guy that was racing uh, and, and competing for rookie of the year. I mean, things like that, that Kenny, Kenny has. Um, so anyway, yeah, you're right. Uh, and and that's, that, that should be a feature in and of itself. We should talk about Kenny and the depth of knowledge and maybe go back to, we could right. do we could do a, a panel and where they put three or four of us up there and then stump us to see if you can stump us on, with NASCAR trivia. 
Seriously. I mean, you said it though. If you, if you've had an opportunity to, to, to talk to Ken, you know how blessed you are because yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. that man, not only is just a wonderful, wonderful man and, and friend, but his knowledge is just like another. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so well, uh, that was a cool one for me. I can obviously, yeah. as he, as he always says, taught me something new. It's really cool, Dad. Ken was one of those people that you worked with for many years, many, yep. many years. And now I have uh, the opportunity to work with on a regular basis. So very, very grateful for Ken. And uh, it's sad being out of the office. I miss my coworkers, man. I miss being able to see everybody. So hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get to see them soon. But um, let's look at the weekend schedule. As I mentioned, I, I should note we are headed to Michigan, but the Xfinity Series is not. They are going to go to uh, Road America. So on Saturday, your schedule, NASCAR Xfinity Series at Road America, that is at 12 p.m. Eastern time on NBCSN. And then the ARCA Series is also in Michigan this weekend. So that race is about, I believe it's at 1 p.m. and that's on MAV TV. Right after ARCA, you've got that first cup race, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, NBCSN. And then on Sunday, wrapping up the weekend, one more cup race, 4.30 p.m., NBCSN. So a uh, lot of racing this weekend. Uh, like I said, an incredibly important weekend of yeah. racing for a lot yeah. of guys uh, with futures on the line. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and if, and if you have a map at home, folks, um, and uh, if you're driving in a car listening, don't, don't look at a map, but uh, think about <laughs> it. It's Michigan, Daytona, Dover doubleheader, and back to Daytona. Uh, that's what's happening in the next few weeks, and so, um, you know, it's going to get wild. And then something called the playoffs. Um, playoffs? Yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and um, I just can't wait. I think uh, silly season – continues to get to start be stirred um, at least three, maybe four cars uh, uh, up for grabs as to who's going to be where and what next year. What about some of the young drivers in Xfinity? Uh, who's going to, you know, somebody else, if we get a new winner, boy, the point standings could be really interesting as to who makes it in the playoffs and the chase. Um, and remember Kyle Busch still hasn't won a race. Uh, Don't forget. And that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, I got to believe that's going to happen. Uh, I mean, how do you, you just can't. I don't know, dad. You're, you are so headstrong in that. And I, yeah. look, I, well, the first one to tell you that I never want to doubt Kyle Busch. I never want to doubt yeah, that exactly. man and that race team, but time is ticking. So I hope you're right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so, so many great stories uh, to talk about. And, um, and I guess the big one this weekend was, uh, was uh, Brad Kozlowski. You know, and, and by the way, Brad, Brad is from Michigan and I don't think he is, I don't think he has been that successful at MIS. How cool would that be for him to go home to Michigan um, and be able to, uh, to win up there? So uh, maybe that's how we started the weekend, uh, the week discussing this, uh, this win last week. And maybe that's how we finish it. Looking at, looking toward uh, what's going to happen in Michigan. And the good news is uh, normally you only get one chance to win in the Motor City. This weekend, That's if right. you don't get it done on Saturday, you get it done on Sunday. We, we just did the rewind on Dale Jarrett winning the 21 at Michigan. How about Matty D winning maybe this weekend? Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be pretty dang cool. I think you said it a few weeks ago, though. The more that we get excited about Matty D, the more that we uh, don't yeah. see success from him. So I'm yeah. like, internally, I'm like chomping at the bit to watch that 21 <laughs> car have some success. But I'm just keeping yeah. it cool yeah. on the outside and whatever happens, happens, you know, so... Yeah. Uh, Dad, you know, I was going to say, uh, before we go this week, we might have to push it to next week because a few reasons. One, we've been chatting for a while. And two, 
we could see a lot of changes before next week. But I was going to say, let's talk some football maybe next week because yeah. Uh, yeah. last week we chatted a little bit ACC football. Now we know the status of the SEC. But as of today or, or yesterday, I believe, we know uh, uh, some new updates coming from the NCAA as to, uh, you know, ways to protect the athletes and give them more freedom in, in choosing whether or not to play this season and still being able to keep scholarships. So with all that up in the air and all those, uh, uh, you know, announcements coming out, maybe next week we'll take a couple of minutes and chat about what yeah. we could potentially yeah. be seeing Absolutely. in September. So. Love to. Yeah. Love to. And, 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 and television people, just like the television people that do college football, and uh, the networks, CBS, ABC, NBC, ESPN, uh, are just like the football teams, the conferences. They, they're, they're, it's, a, it's a moving target. They're trying to decide mm -hmm. what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, and how they're going to do it. Um, so there's a lot of – every time I ask somebody a question, they say, I'll, I'll get back to you because it changes every 10 minutes. <laughs> so Yeah, right. It's as of right now. I know nothing. As of yeah. right now. As of two minutes ago, this is what we're going to do. But, uh, yeah. yeah. And they just moved back the start of contact, I think, a couple more weeks because they moved the schedule, the, the first conference game in the SEC, I should say, back uh, to, to, the, to the late September. So now they're gonna, not going to allow contact for two more weeks, which is another way to protect players, obviously. Uh, and the key is – protecting the students and the players. Um, and we can talk about that next week. There's a lot we can unpack when it comes to uh, the college football world and the potential for football in the fall and, and what that could look like. So I'm, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to chatting with you about that next week and, and chatting about what we see this weekend in Michigan. So uh, to, to wrap up this episode, I'm going to um, chug the rest of this beer that no, I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not actually going to do that because there's still like, too little to yeah, right. Yeah. I'm going to shotgun this beer to finish out the episode and then smash it on my head. Yeah. No, bar stool sports. <laughs> yeah, they might they might offer me a job, Dad. So no, <laughs> no, I I'd, I'd do it. I do. It you would be good too. You hey, are, thanks, you are Dad. So much fun. Everybody talks about how much fun you are to have around the race shops and teams. Oh, anyway. thanks, Dad. Then get your get get you a hype man like my dad. You know what I mean? Because nothing's better than having your dad tell you how fun you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Dad, this has been awesome. Uh, I guess with that, we're wrapping up episode episode fourteen, episode Clint yeah. Boyer. And um, as always, please like, subscribe, rate, review, all that great stuff that you like to do, whether you're watching us on YouTube or you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app. We love to hear from you guys. So please reach out. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at jpunch15 and he is at docpunchespn. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram. I am also at jpunch15 on Instagram. And you should follow our Roland account. We're roland.punches on Instagram. Lots of fun uh, NASCAR uh, knowledge, some NASCAR history. I like to make some cool edits. You can see some glittery photos of Dale Earnhardt if that's your jam. So um, check it out. Yeah, Dad, awesome episode. I'm going to go finish my beer. And uh, <laughs> it is now 3 o'clock on a Wednesday. So yeah, it's a good yeah, time to yeah, be wanted. Yeah. I guess I might as well continue, you know? Yeah. Tell Clint we said hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. I'm sure he's doing the same thing as I am right now. So getting, getting ready for the race. All right, sweetie. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I've, I've enjoyed it. It's a great episode. Can't wait till we can uh, talk, talk some more breaking news and some more great finishes and a little college football next week. Sounds you, good, sweetie. Dad. I love you too. I'll talk to you next week. Right, bye bye.